Monday, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode number 213 of Shut Up and Grind with your host, yours truly, Robert B. Foster. So we're coming to you at 2 p.m. today to accommodate today's guest. We're going to be talking about how to bring your ideas to life. So if you caught the 10 seconds of the last one, it was just a little glitch with the tech. So I apologize for that. But we are here now. And if you are brand new to the show, we're all about overcoming obstacles. We're about defying the odds and going through my, my own backstories and the backstories of my guests, helping you get, get some clarity on what it is you want to accomplish in your life or how to get past any roadblocks that are in your way. So if you're joining me over on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. If you're joining me on either of my Facebook pages, please like and share so we can help spread the word. And if you don't know who I am, here's a little introduction. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of front of others, like outside of the gym setting and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again. And all that stuff, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to be able to take this even bigger. You know why you do what you do. You have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life. And that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. you got to know your work. All right. So before I bring on my guests, you know we have to do the teachable moment of the day. And today I want to talk about setbacks. Because too many times we get setbacks confused with failures. So in, when you're trying to accomplish anything in life, there's going to be roadblocks. You can write it up so beautifully on paper, but I guarantee the execution's not going to look the way you wrote it down. It's just, it's just how it works. It's like There's a process to everything. So as you all know, I was training for a track meet. That was yesterday. And in the wintertime, for us adults, it's, it's tough to find a place to actually practice your events. So I was doing doing drills and doing the things that I needed, that I know I needed to do to get myself in shape to compete in this meet. Because everybody knows I compete to win, right? I, I don't look for the, yes, I'm 47 and I can still, still do it. Like I, I'm out for domination when I compete. And so I suffered an injury in a volleyball tournament over the weekend, a slight roll of my ankle. And I kept in a good headspace about it. So I'm going in this with gold medal aspirations. I'm not going to let this setback hold me back. So I did what I had to do, iced it, taped it, you know, took some Tylenol. And then even during the meet, I kind of tweaked my groin a little bit. And, and again, same thing, roll, stretch, stay loose, doing dynamic movements, keeping my body loose, kept my eye on the prize and never once wavered. And I should have had them here for dramatic effect. And I still left there with my two gold medals. So, so the whole point of that is to keep your eye on the prize, right? The setback doesn't mean you can't reach the destination. So again, don't equate setback with failure. 
Alrighty. So again, so today we're going to be talking about how to bring your ideas to life. We're going to get into my guest's backstory and he's going to give us his best practices for what he he does and how he helps people bring their ideas into life. And who is this guest? He is a coach. He's a speaker. He's an author. He's also a minister. He helps people figure out the next steps to close the gap between where they are and where they want to be. So please help me welcome Kimon, 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 you had it. Kimon Hines. <laughs> I What's thought I on, had it myself. Yeah, it's like you like yeah, you had it and you're like, eh, I'll take it back. <laughs> yep. <laughs> hey man, Robert, right, man. thank you for having me on. Thank you for, for having me be a part of what you're doing here. And um I was listening to your teachable moment, by the way. Um what 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 sport like you you said was it like track you said what, what races do you run? Well, this one I just did the high jump and a long jump, and then, but then I usually do for outdoor I do the hundred meter, two hundred meter also. And you're a sprinter, okay? Oh yeah, yep. Got them long long legs, lean body. Like I'm built I'm built for speed and jumping. It's good man, it's funny. Me. It's funny. My daughters are just getting ready to go uh, to track for practice. Oh, nice. We have to find some spikes for one of my daughters. So as you started talking, I was like, oh, man, I got to ask him what uh, races he runs. So I know that's <laughs> not what we're here to talk about, but I just, that, you, you made me curious. Yeah, no, no, no you never know where these conversations are going to go. <laughs> like that, that's why I like doing the uh, organic free flowing, because you just never know wh- where it's going to lead. So where are you joining me from? Man, I don't know. Something just started tickling my throat. Uh, Tampa, Florida, right here in Tampa, Florida. The weather's beautiful. Yeah. Where are you? Where are you based? I'm in Rhode Island, where the weather is not beautiful. <laughs> Actually, it's not, it's not so bad today. You from how you're dressed, you look like you could just walk outside in the summer. Now you headed to the beach. <laughs> well, it's like this is part of my part of my moniker. So, like, I gotta I gotta have the tank top on, even though it's cold down here. In my where my <laughs> office is, <laughs> but I'll actually be in Jacksonville from Thursday to Saturday, so Thursday to Monday. So nice. I'll get I'll get some of that that nice, nice weather. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, a couple of my clients and I are going down for a Spartan race. Nice, awesome. All right. So are you originally from from that area? No, actually. So my story is I am born in Brooklyn, New York. Okay. I was born I in Queens. Really? Okay. But I grew up in Trinidad. All right. So um, I call Trinidad home because I lived there from between the age of 2 to 18. So that's still home. Oh, yeah. um, and, and if you talk to me long enough, like we will on this podcast, you will hear my accent come out. So I already hear it. it, 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 it <laughs> it's going to come out. Do you have any connections to any uh, island or you're from Queens, families from there? You know, where, where, are, you, where yeah. are you from? Well, my, the bulk of my family was born in Brooklyn, but then my parents' apartment burned down and we had to move into to Far Rockaway, you know, which is like, you know, part of, part of yeah, Queens. Yeah. And so I was born there. But I was raised up here in in Rhode Island. We uh, pretty okay. much same same thing from two on. I was mm-hmm. here. Yeah, yeah, cool, good stuff, good stuff. All right. So first off, what are what are the major differences between leaving living in Trinidad and living here in the states? Woo, that's a good one. Um, so I think it's a much less hurried life mm. living in Trinidad. Much less hurried life. Um, I think there is a much more take life as it comes attitude um mm. we enjoy life i think we have the most holidays okay. in the world so we get a lot of days off um okay. and i think just living there life was a lot simpler for me of course i was younger 
But life was simpler. I had family members who live closer because, you know, we're we're in a small. So you saw family more, um, saw people that you were connected with a lot. They were we were a lot closer just geographically. Now, here in the U.S., the pace of life, of course, it just depends on where you live. Living in New York, pace of life very fast. Yes. Imagine going from Trinidad, living with my parents to New York in a college dorm. I just the pace of life just picked up quickly, mm. and it was it was almost like a little shock for me. I remember just just feeling like, wow, this this doesn't slow down. There is no like pause button on this. Like the city never New York, sleeps. No, it, when they say it never sleeps, you go down to Times Square at two thirty, three o'clock in the morning. It looks just like if it's yep. like middle of the day, and so it felt that way there. And I guess because I've been an adult here with. You know, wife, kids, responsibilities. That's what I remember. It just feels like life was simpler back then, slower, much more take it as it comes. And here is a lot more fast paced. Okay. And so college is what brought you here? Um, well, and you know, the fact that I was born here, I knew I was coming back. I knew I was gonna come back after high school gotcha. to do college. And I knew that after college I was gonna stay here in the US. So college, yes, but it was also I knew it from an early age. I was born here. I was going to come back here. And I came here and I went to college at a small college called the College of Insurance, right? I've actually heard of that. No way. There is (laughs) no way you've heard of this place. I'm telling you, I've heard of that. (laughs) (laughs) It was was called the College of Insurance back then. Yeah. Um, It has since been bought out by St. John's University. So it sounds better when I tell people I went to St. John's University. (laughs) Yeah, it does. I went to a small school called the College of Insurance. The plus okay. was it was two two blocks, almost like three blocks from the World Trade World Trade Center. Mm-hmm. So I had a chance to, I'm again coming from Trinidad, leaving my parents' home, and now I'm in college, staying about a few blocks from the World Trade Center. That was crazy for me. And mm-hmm. you know when when those towers fell, I felt it because those were buildings that I've been through. I worked in one of the towers at one point, so. But but that that downtown Manhattan area, that area was one that I was very familiar with because of where my dorm was and where I went to school. So what had like did that day change you at all? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There, there's some things where you think this will always be here. You know, there's some things you're like, oh, this the World World Trade Center, this will always be here. Mm-hmm. Um, there are memories I have from there. I took my wife there on a date when we were dating. Yeah. Um, to Windows on the World. It was a restaurant that turned around. Like you would, mm. you would sit down. You're looking yeah. at one place, and by the time you're finished, you've turned all the way around. I yeah, remember it's that. like Stratosphere in Vegas. Yeah. Or, okay. So there's an, okay. I need to check yeah. that out. So I remember places, and so I remember watching um, when when it hit, and just thinking, this this is not tr- this can't be real, right? Mm. Like this can't be happening. And then when the tower fell. It felt like something in New York just changed for me. Just like that's not the same. So I have not been to the area where they've rebuilt the, I think, Memorial Towers. I forget what it's called, like the Freedom Towers. I haven't been there because there's a part of me that I can't not see the World Trade, the, the Twin Towers, where they were. So that's, that's kind of what changed for me. Yeah, yeah it's true. It's like, no, we'll, we'll dive into the main topic in a second. But, but yeah, true, because I remember, too, 
I remember I had just I woken up to my mother screaming into my answering machine. Let's back when we had answering machines and house yeah. phones and all that. And uh, and she's screaming for me to turn on the television. And I t- turn it on, and I see you know the first tower was hit. And as we're watching the news, the second tower gets hit. And it's like, what the yeah. hell is happening right now? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. like I said, the bulk of my family is in New York City, and one of my cousins. She she later since passed, but she had she worked in there. I think she worked in the South Tower. She had actually gone out onto the street to get something from one of the street vendors when the first plane hit. Wow. And then so she ran back in, grabbed her stuff, and, and she took herself back to Long Island. But like it, it, it was just scary because we didn't know if our family was accounted for or anything. You know, like my brother drove a bus in, in, in Manhattan. I think he still does. And so it was just a really, really scary time. And I had actually drove down because I was going to volunteer. But the scene was just so surreal that I couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like I got all the way down there. I was like, I, I can't go in there. And it was yeah. just like a scene out of a movie. Like it didn't look real. Yeah. Even yeah. though it was. But wow. All right. So so let's dive in. And so how? what would your best friend say are your best qualities? Yeah, you know, I thought about that. I think if you ask my best friend, they would say, I'm a natural cheerleader. Mm-hmm. I am your friend who is going to cheer you on with your pursuit in life. Like that's that, I get joy out of seeing my friends and the people I care about win. No, I, I sometimes wonder sometimes I wonder, I think um I mean like that when you win more than if I if I won. So that's yeah. that's what I think my qualities are. I want to see you in. I want to cheer you on. I want to be an encourager for you. I want to be the person that helps you to realize just what you're good at and to help you to just kind of stand in that thing. Because a lot of us, we shrink back. I think I'm okay. I, I want to be the guy to say, no, you got that. Go for it. So yes. that's that's what I think um, is one of my best qualities. Love it. So, and we're definitely cut from the same cloth because like, I'm, in, I'm in the fitness business as well. And we do a lot of obstacle races like i said we're heading down to jacksonville to do that spartan down there and a lot of people they kind of psych themselves out over the whether it's climbing the rope or doing the monkey bars doing the rings and remember being in class yesterday i had to leave early to to go to my track meet but there's a guy who's just deathly afraid to let go on the rings and so i I was hyping him the whole day i'm like david today is the day (laughs) you're gonna make this happen today and so I was leaving to go to my meet and I'm sitting in my car. Well, cause I actually told everyone else in the class, I'm like, you guys are going to support this man today and we're going to get him across these rings. And as I'm sitting in my car to leave, I hear cheering erupting in the building. There we go. And so, and then, you know, the, the woman covering my class texted me like, he just did it. He's like, there you just go. missed it. And I was like, yes. Yeah, you know, yeah, so I feel I feel you on like there's no isn't that cool? That even though that. you didn't see it, you still felt that joy, right? It would have been yes. more if you saw it, but you still felt that joy, like a like completion, like yes. this is what I, yeah, I feel fulfillment. You felt fulfillment off of it. Yes, that. exactly. Like that's the stuff that lights your soul on fire, you know. Yeah. So, so where did you get that that fire from? <laughs> you know, it's funny when you said that. I, I think my mom did that for me. That's my mom's superpower. And I can think about any time that I had anything at school, anything at, you know, whatever, extracurricular activity, I can I, I would know where my mom was sitting. I would know where it was. Sometimes I was a little bit like 
just you know, honestly, just just to be honest, a little bit like, oh, come on, mom, don't don't do it, mom, please. <laughs> just 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 whisper, just clap like everyone else. But my mom did for me what I want to do for others. Like she gave me confidence and allowed me, I believe, to borrow belief from her in my own abilities when I didn't have belief. And I think I have a theory that I think you can actually borrow belief from other people. Oh, you definitely can. When you when you don't even have belief in yourself, and I think um, as she has lent me belief and still continues to, I, I want to be someone like pass that on. Okay, yes. my own kids, son, you can do it. I just believe you are the most awesome young man to my friends and to the people I work with to let them know. Listen, I think you got more going for you than you even see. I want to just let you borrow some of my belief before yours kicks in. Yes, I love it. I want to share some, something quick. So we were doing one of the obstacle races. So there's an obstacle. It's metal and it kind of curves. And it, it's it's tall. It's probably probably 10 to 12 feet high. So people who are afraid of heights, you know, it, it kind of gets them. And if it's in a part of the course where it's wet, then it's very slick. So mm-hmm. I have a woman who's not, she's not the best with heights. But she gets up there, and she's kind of panicking a little. So I climb up the other side. I said, all right, you got this, okay? We're going to do this one step at a time. Now, mind you, it was muddy. It was slippery. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I'm like, if she slips, we're both, <laughs> we're both screwed. <laughs> right? yeah, but, yeah. but I didn't let her feel any of that. Yeah, I was just yeah. like, you know, wedging my foot. Like, I'm feeling my foot kind of moving a little. I'm like, you got this. Bring your arm up. Bring your leg. I'm like, nope, don't, don't look down. Just listen to my voice and just guided her all the way up and down. And then once we got to the bottom, I was like, thank God you didn't fall. Because <laughs> like, if you slipped, you were taking me with you. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. But like, it's that little bit of belief. I just, yeah. I, like, I didn't let her feel any of that doubt. Anyway, because then it would have turned completely catastrophic. Absolutely, <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I agree a hundred percent that you can definitely borrow other people's beliefs. Like we do, we do it daily. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. You know, so how did you get into doing what you're doing now? So, um, <laughs> this is a podcast with stories, right? So I'll tell you oh, a little yeah. bit about my story. <laughs> um, I told you my first. Um, I went to college for business, right? I went to. Yes. College of Insurance studied something called actuarial science. Um, people don't Sounds know that's a study of risk. Yeah, it's a study <laughs> of risk. So those are the people okay. who price the insurance. Those are the people who tell you how much you need to put aside for retirement and those kind of things. They say, okay, how many cars are out here driven by this group of people? How many of those are going to have accidents? How much mm-hmm. is going to be the loss? Let's, div- let's divide it. So we calculate risk. So yes. business was my first degree. But after I came out of school and I started working for you, I was miserable. I didn't feel purpose in it. I didn't feel that I was being fulfilled in it. And I mm-hmm. felt a higher calling, right? So um, I'm a person of faith. And I felt like my higher calling then was to go off to be a minister. Yes. So I studied in that for three years. And I came out and I started leading congregations, leading youth events and youth organizations in, in the ministry side. And Sorry, let me stop you for a second, because you said something that I think a lot of people struggle with that I, I would like you to expand on. OK, you said that you didn't feel purposeful because mm-hmm. I think I think we all hit that at some point. Just mm-hmm. take take me through it. Like what was missing? How did you recognize it? And then how did you ultimately get the courage to move on and, and do what you're doing? 
Yeah, I was making good money living in New York City. I was still single at the time, but I was dating. And um, I was actually good at my job. So I wasn't, I wasn't bad at my job. It's just that at the end of the day, I didn't feel like the goals of that job and what I was doing aligned with who I was mm-hmm. in terms of my own, not, I wouldn't say values, but my mission of how I wanted to my work to make a difference. And I, I didn't feel like, okay, I wanted to work in, a, in an organization and in a role that I was interacting with people in a, on a daily basis, helping them. That, that's it, right? Like, not not to over-dramatize what I was going to do or to devalue what I was doing, but I felt like I was working with numbers, I was working with stats, I was working with um, reports and charts and figures, and that was cool. But I didn't feel like I was making a difference. I couldn't see where I was making a difference with people's lives. Yes. And here's what's here's what's important. There are people who find fulfillment doing the things that I just said that yeah. I didn't find fulfillment. In. So I, right. I want you to get that. I'm not knocking the people who, cause there needs to be people who work with charts and numbers and figures um, who, who sit all day and do that. I want you to be the one who is calculating my insurance. I want you to be the person <laughs> who's figuring out how my plane that I get on is supposed to get where it's supposed to go. I want you to be detail oriented on that stuff, but that was not how I was wired. And so I had a choice in that moment. Okay, do I stay in this and make more money, right? Then probably I would have made on the next career I went to. Or do I make a pivot? Do I go back, retool, learn something, and even follow what I felt, not only I was feeling, but people who knew me, what they were saying. I think you'd be good at this. Mm -hmm. So I had to make a decision. And I I made a a move because I knew to myself, if I stayed any longer... Robert, if I stay longer, you know, there's some things where if I don't move, I'll probably get comfortable in something that I shouldn't be comfortable with. Yeah. And and that right there is my target audience, people who feel just like that, mm-hmm. you know, and which is why I which is why I switched up to do it this style, you know, because mm-hmm. almost everyone I bring on this show had some moment like that. You know, so just to let people know, like this happens a lot more often than you think. But yeah. too many times people want to share all the wins, you know, and the wins are great and you should definitely share the wins. But how you got there matters mm-hmm. and how you got there is what's going to get that person is like I'll even use fitness as the example, you know, seeing all the Instagram models with who with the flawless bodies and everything else, you know, to the woman who's 30 pounds overweight who just ate a bag of chips, she's, she's not ready to look at that yet. Right. You know, like She wants to look at the before picture. Like I tell all of the women that train with me, I said, it's your before picture that's, right. that, that's going to motivate people. They're going to mm-hmm. look at that, then look at you now and be like, all right, if she got from there to there, I can get there. So, you know, so, so for, mm-hmm. and for you taking the time to share, like, you know what? I wasn't feeling purposeful. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's a huge word. Most people just say, I wasn't happy. It's like yeah. you said you weren't feeling purposeful. Like that's above happy in my yeah. in my mind. Yeah. You know, like like when people start talking about fulfillment and purpose, that's huge. That's why I wanted you to uh, to expand oh, on that appreciate more. That. Appreciate that. Yeah, so so I made that first pivot, went off, studied to um to lead and to be a minister, and then I got out of school and 
got into that role. And, you know, I, I, I will admit, I felt I was fulfilling purpose, right? Yes. So working with people, I was helping them with major life decisions, major life transitions, right? Like birth of a child, getting married, you know, losing a loved one. So I'm, I'm, I'm walking with you some, through some of the most major decisions. And I started working with youth in particular, planning events. And so all along, while I was doing it, I always, I always had this unique way of things, right? Like I remember even having a conversation with my wife saying, why is it I can't just do things the way I see it done? I always have to like <laughs> tweak it and feel like I'm always starting something yeah. and making work for myself. And just looking back on it, I think that that prepared me for what I'm doing now. So, and I don't want to go jump, jump too far. So stop me if you need to. Yeah. I got to a point even after making a shift from one thing to the next that I realized even this new thing I'm doing, this is 15 years in, or maybe a little before that, I realized here's what, even though I'm working on helping people, I'm not building anything that I have any ownership in that really allows me to release my creativity, right? I transitioned from one ministry job and on my way out, they took all of my files and the things I worked on. No knock on them because they ended up sparking something in me where I said, wait a minute, all of the work that I'm working on, it belongs to them. And what's crazy is no matter how long I work on a job, you don't have ownership. You can't pass your job onto your child. Exactly. I was like, I want some outlet for my creativity that belongs to me. So I started a podcast, just like you are, talking to people. And then I realized almost through the doing that I was good at helping people figure out what they were working on so that they could start their own businesses, start their own endeavors, and had to make a similar shift. Now, the second shift was a whole lot more difficult because I was married. I had three children who were almost all teenagers at the same time. Yeah. And that's responsibility to say, now I'm leaving to not go to a check, but I'm leaving to go to start my own business. So that's how I'm do. That's how I got to what, what I'm doing right now. And I'm sure we'll unpack it a little bit more. Yeah. So describe that conversation with, with your wife. <laughs> but, I mean, cause, cause I did something similar. Now I, I was managing restaurants and then when I decided, I started doing fitness on the side. And then, you know, the fitness thing started growing. I was liking it. You know, people were giving me feedback. And, and it wasn't just like, I lost five pounds. I lost 10 pounds. It's like, you helped me believe in myself again. You helped me find myself again. You believed in me before I believed in myself. And like, this stuff was bigger than just losing yeah. weight and gaining yeah. muscle. So I was yeah. like, I'm on to something here. And yeah. then the universe intervened and I got fired from my management job. First time okay. I've ever been fired in my entire life. So I'm like, all right, all right. I got the green light to pursue this fitness thing then, but I have no college degree. It's like, mm-hmm. I didn't have savings and I had bad credit. <laughs> so, so it's like, you know, the road wasn't paved nicely. Right. It was all right. kinds of gravel and rocks in the road. So I, I remember having a conversation with she's my now ex, but I remember the conversation with her and it didn't go so well. So I'm just curious yeah. how your conversation went. Yeah. So I'll tell you what happened. What, what I was, what, what, what was fortunate about my situation is my wife saw it before I did. She said, I don't think you're going to, even though she had seen me make a shift before and I was doing something and I was doing well, she said, I don't think you're going to be doing this for the rest of your life. 
She said, I don't see you doing this for the rest of your life. And in my mind, I knew she was right. But a part of me was like, well, because I don't know what next, I can't I can't really lean into what you're saying. I can't really embrace what you're saying because it's either I'm doing this or I'm unemployed. Like that's those in my head. It was like, I'm, not, I'm I, there's nothing else. I don't have any other skills. Like, I think maybe someone else might be thinking that, you know what? I know this isn't what my thing is, but I'm afraid to even explore because I don't even know what the possibilities are. Yes. Yeah. So she kind of knew before, like, yeah, you probably shouldn't be doing this. Now, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever said this, but I don't know when she said that, if she expected that I would go into like entrepreneurship, start a business, um, irregular income, like mm. try to you know build a plane while you're flying. I don't think she <laughs> thought about that. I think she probably thought you go get another job, right? Yes. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what you do. But I think when I went back to her and said, okay, um, I'm ready. I'm ready to make the move. And this is what I'm, I'm thinking of doing. So my wife was open. And the other part that I think helped me is we sat down, we made a plan. So it took me a year between when I decided before I left. So I wrote out, this is how much we needed to save. This is what we needed to do. Um, we left Memphis, Tennessee to move to Tampa, Florida, because my wife liked Florida. So I think in the in the exchange, she got to live in a state that she wanted to live in. So that that conversation was a conversation that sparked a lot of conversations, that sparked a lot of planning, that a lot of steps. And so we just worked, worked, worked. And there were bumps along the way after we moved, but we were on the same page before and we like had a long conversation as we worked through it. Okay. All right. So how, how did you, you get into creating the idea to life business? Yeah. Yeah. So a um, couple things helped. I started a podcast and yeah. I was talking, telling people stories and I wanted a name for what I did. Right. People always, I, I think I started to trace in my own head. What do people call me for? Right. Mm. And, and Robert, I, I'm the guy who my friends say, I have, can, can you help me with an idea? Right. I want to run an idea by you. So I thought to myself, okay, ideas. What I what do I do? Well, I feel like I give ideas to life or I help you bring ideas to life. I was thinking I'm either the person who you're trying to do something, I give you an idea or you have an idea and I help you figure out how to implement it. So I was like, you know what? That's what I do. I bring ideas to life. And so I call my podcast that. Well, as I was doing the podcast, I recognized that it was more than just me telling the stories of other people's podcasts. I was literally coaching people without being paid for it, mm. all right, who, hey, let me help. Can you help me with this? Yeah, let me tell you. Just take this step. Take that step. Let me talk to you through. Let me check back with you. And I said, you know what? Let me actually put this as a coaching program. And I remember the first person who paid me. Now, I don't remember how much they paid me. It wasn't a lot. But when they hit pay on that first thing, it changed my identity. It became real. In that, in that moment, I felt if one person can pay me for this, I can build something off of this. Yeah. I, I can do this. And I, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. I mean, it didn't matter if it was $50, $100, $300, $1,000. I know it wasn't 1000 <laughs> Once they paid, it was like, so I can do this. And then, not only did I, they pay, but they got results. I helped them. I was like, I can do this. So yeah. started keeping, kept it going, kept it going. 
I love that. And and people have to understand that it's that easy. It's like people think it's so difficult. I mean, yeah, depending on what level you want to get to, like, you know, if you want a multi seven figure business, then yeah, you're going to have to grind. You're going to have to build a team. But if you just want a side hustle and you have some skill that you can teach someone else, mm-hmm. you, you can start that in about an hour to two hours. <laughs> like, like to, to illustrate it quickly, I was speaking at a middle school career fair and I was talking about entrepreneurship. Now, middle school, this is sixth, seventh and eighth graders. And so I was like, who here plays sports? You know, this young girl ra- raises her hand. I was like, what do you play? She's like, basketball. I was like, perfect. I got a basketball background too. Like, come on up. I was like, what qualities do you need to be a basketball player? And she's like, rebounding, running, jumping, uh, shooting, dribbling. And uh, she's like, you know, and you have to be, be strong. I said, all right. I was like, how old are you? She's like, 12. I said, do you think you could create a series of videos to teach a seven-year-old how to rebound, dribble, shoot, and blah, blah, blah? She said, yeah. I said, I just gave you a blueprint for a side hustle. I was like, it's, it's that simple. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you're right, though, because I remember when I first got paid, too, I was like, holy crap, this is real. Like, yeah, this is yeah. Real now. <laughs> I mean, I tell people all the time, Robert, now, I, I want people to start businesses. I have two teenage daughters who have their own businesses and they sell like products and stuff. Nice. But I think the knowledge based business is the easiest thing to get into. But it's yes. so impactful. And here's my illustration. Right. Like the fastest way to, to, to figuring out to getting where you want to go is to ask someone else to get someone else to help. Yeah. you. Right. You go to you go to your local super supermarket or grocery store. You can like and especially if you don't know the way around there. Right. You yeah. can like, OK, where is this? Where is that? Here's what I do. I go find someone. Mm-hmm. Can you show me how to where is this is? And when this. OK, by the way, where is the next thing? And where is the next thing? Well, you can be that for someone and they would gladly pay you because you are saving them time. You're saving yes. them money. You're saving them the mistakes Stress. of trying to do it on their mm-hmm. own. Yeah. You're saving them the fact that I failed before, and I know if I keep doing it myself, I'm going to fail again. And yeah. people will pay for that. And I think sometimes we don't realize how valuable the knowledge and the expertise that we carry in our brains, how valuable that is in this world. It's, it's, it's true. One of the, I went to a speaker boot camp in 2017. I paid $3,000. I couldn't afford it. And I was like, but I want to take my speaking to another level. Like, so in order to do that, I have to invest. And I was like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? And then I just hit submit. I was like, you know, one of my former business partners said that. He's like, Robert, just sometimes you just got to hit submit. Mm-hmm. And so I hit submit. I signed up for it. And it completely transformed how I speak and how I connect with people. And, you know, it, it's helped on this show. It's helped on stage. It, it, it even it's helping me in the gym. You know, selling my gym services because I, I I know how to tell my own story better. I help people tell their their story and then connect their story to what my services are. It's like this is what you want. This is how I can help you. And it's it's like if I didn't invest in that, I wouldn't have what I have now. And I mean, I'm definitely not where I want to be. But if I didn't make that investment. I wouldn't be here, you know, and right. that, that's the, one of the biggest takeaways people have to understand is that people will pay top dollar to go on a cruise. They'll pay top mm-hmm. dollar for their cars and for entertainment. But it's like, you know, if you invest in this skill for you, mm-hmm. like, like you were saying earlier, you can create something that you can leave behind. That's right. That's good. <laughs> Powerful. Right. 
Invest in yourself. That's right. That's that's the message right there. Invest in yourself. And then when you do, sell people the knowledge that you gain and the expertise and and all of that stuff because people need it. And they they're willing, there are a lot of people willing to invest. Yeah. So what was the what was the the favorite the favorite project you worked on to help someone bring it to life? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> ah, favorite project, favorite project. You know, um, I'm trying to think of the one. So there's a there was a young lady I worked with a few years ago who her passion is to help other women to um, believe in themselves, to see their own beauty, um, to embrace just their just 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 what they bring to the table. And I remember this is this is a while back. I remember working mm-hmm. with her and. She had so many things, Robert. It's like, you know, you talk with some people and they just got so much ideas and so many talents. And I remember thinking, oh, this is going to be challenging, right? Because you're not just some, someone who's good at one thing. You're good at like about 20 things and you have a lot of interests. But when we work together and to see that thing crystallize mm-hmm. into like a statement and her now seeing how everything connected her story of what she had been through, her learning the things that she had exposed herself through professional and through formal and informal learning and and just her passions, how they all connected. I've watched her now build a movement and see women empowered by that. So I always look at that one and say that by, by, by me working with her, it helped her, it helped them, but it helped me. It helped me. Yes. To be able to see, okay, people, I can help people who, who come to the table with so many things to help them even create movements based on one thing. It's true. And and it warms your soul. Like, I, I remember I, I, helped, I helped a woman. I'm a volunteer coach, business coach um, for downtown in Providence. And so I was help, helping this woman. She started a juicing business. And we would help. Well, my, my part of the volunteering is I help them create their pitches. So I basically helped them create their brand story from their personal story. And I remember work, working with her. We spent, you know, hour after hour. She was so nervous about being on camera and we practiced, we practiced, I'm coaching, I'm coaching. And then when it came time for her graduation pitch and from, from the program, I'm I'm listening to her and it's like, I got, I got tears coming down my, cause she put it all together. And it's like, just watching it all come. It's like that right there is worth everything because that's a moment right there that she changed mm-hmm. you know she, she battled all that fear all that doubt all that insecurity and in that moment she stepped into a different level of power yeah yeah that's amazing Ooh, that's, i love that I, you telling that story i felt it i felt it <laughs> yeah it's absolutely amazing all right so take me through hold on i didn't i didn't hit this the screen share here let's take a look at your website and just just take just take us through like your, your processes. How do you help people bring their, their stuff to life? Can you see this? Oh yeah, I can see it. Looks good actually. Okay. <laughs> Who's that guy? <laughs> Who's that guy? <laughs> yeah, so what, what I do in my process is I help you do three things, right? And as you scroll through, you might see them pop up, but I help you discover the value of what you have. So yeah. even if you're in business, I think there's some people who are in business who are doers. Um, you're, you're someone who is even coaching people, but you don't even know the value of what you have. Mm-hmm. So I help you discover the value of what you have. Then I help you to develop it into the right offer. 
So how do you package it in a way that one gets the best transformation for the people that you work with, but also two, it helps you to be able to maximize your income. So it's maximizing your income and your impact. And then lastly, uh, which is big, how do you deploy it? Get it out into the world. So it's discover, Mm. develop, and deploy. Get it out. Get it out into the world. How do you market it? How do you share it? How do you get in the right places to talk to the right people who need it so that they can be exposed to it? I love it. Market, discover. What was the last one? So it's discover, develop, and deploy. Oh, that's it. Discover, develop, deploy. I like that. All right. So I saw on there that you give a free free assessment. What does that do? Oh, that assessment is cool. Um People come come with your knowledge and you figure out, you want to figure out how do I package this? What's the best way for me to sell my knowledge and expertise? And the, the assessment helps you to figure out based on your personality, based on your preferences, even based on your time that you have, what's the best way to package your expertise? You can package it as a product, right? So you can do an ebook, you can do a digital course that you don't have to touch. Uh, you can do it as a product. You can do it as a service where someone is um, paying you to use your expertise to work on something for them. You can package it as coaching or training, where you're the one kind of teaching and pouring your knowledge into them. And you can even package it as like memberships or even events. Well, based on who you are, there is one that you, you will gravitate to more than the others. You may gravitate to the coaching side, based on your being more gregarious and you want to be around people. Maybe you're more introverted and you don't want as much interaction with people and you want to do just do products, right? And maybe for you, you want people, you want less people, but more hands-on for yourself. Maybe you want to work in the service. So the assessment helps you when you're done, it tells you here is the primary way that you should build a knowledge-based business through products, through services, through coaching, through events. How do you define success? success. I ask all the good questions, man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So success for me means that I have added value to people. So success for me is I've left the interactions with the people that I've interacted with, left them better than before we interacted. And I want that for my those are the closest to me the most i want my family to say because of us being connected with him he gave us the time and he gave us what we needed so that i'm better because of that and i want when i work with anyone in any capacity they leave saying uh i'm better because of that interaction with kimon i love that because i always tell people don't chase money chase impact Mm, it's yeah, like it's like word. who it's like who can you impact? Like when I when I'm working with people and creating their their stories, I mean, and I've helped people through suicide, through car accidents or just accidents, you know, work accidents, you know, uh, bad divorces, uh, domestic abuse. Like there's just been so many different different things that I help people work through, and a lot of times people focus on what happened to them. Mm. versus the journey moving on from it. And so, that's where the power is. And that's where the sentence above us came from. Your true power yeah. li- lies in your story. It said, okay, you had a stroke. Then yeah. what? 
Because yeah. the then what, everything after the then what can be motivational and inspirational. Mm-hmm. Like it does, like you know, talking about the part where you actually suffered the stroke, that's painful. You know, so we want to talk about how you moved on from it. Like people who listen to this show know I had a really bad knee injury where doctors told me I would never want to jump again. And when I heard those words, I had I had a decision to make. So it was like, hey, okay, this guy's a medical professional. This is what he does for a living. He's probably seen a thousand of these and the outcome isn't going to be good. Or I could say, I'm going to be in a 2% that makes it all the way back. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, it. you just have, have a decision. So now when I tell that story and then I go on to say, yesterday was my 161st event <laughs> since I got that diagnosis. So, so now it all comes full circle and now it's inspirational. So if someone comes and says, oh, well, my ex-husband used to tell me I would never amount to anything. Well, let me tell you, I had a medical professional tell me I'd never run and jump again. And guess what I do every day? Run yeah. and jump competitively. <laughs> and <laughs> you know? what you just said there is, I think, I love the, the, the statement, your power, true power lies in your story. What, what you just said there is, you have the ability after you've gone through something and you recognize your story to help someone else Yes, who can relate to you. Because here's what people want. I think sometimes we think people want a sage, right? They want a sage. Here's yeah. what you do. I've arrived. I mean, what? But people sometimes want a fellow struggler, yes. someone who says, I know what it's like. Yep. I know what it's like to wake up, go to a job that I hated and not know how to get out of that. I know what it's like to start a business and not know how you're going to pay uh, the bills or the employees and feel like you're going to quit. Yep. Just me saying that. There's some of your listeners who went, oh, that's me. Mm-hmm. And yep. I think for you, anyone listening to this, if you want to know what makes you different from all the other people who might be able to teach and to show what, what you do, it's your story. That's what makes you difference, different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the understanding that yours matters. Like, it doesn't have to be suicide, stroke, or Mm -hmm. domestic, but it doesn't have to be to that magnitude. It could be something like being in the military and having to move constantly, Mm -hmm. having Mm -hmm. your kids change schools constantly, or dealing with with a kid who's being bullied in school, or maybe your kid is the bully in school. (laughs) You know, there's so many different levels to it. Like, I'm a single parent of five kids. I got stories for days. Wow. Just just about that alone. You know, my two oldest kids, their mom abandoned them. That's a whole separate story. Just things that that we're dealing with on, on a daily basis. But when I'm speaking with people, like when I'm speaking with single moms, it's like a lot of them love the fact that I'm a single dad. It's like, I get it. I have to do laundry. I have to cook. I have to shop. I have to go to, to, to the school functions. I have to get the kids when they're sick. It's going right down. Like, I understand all of that. So... Mm. You can relate on that deeper level. And like those couple of times where I stopped you, you know, where you were talking about not feeling purposeful, like, ooh, like that's huge. Like, let, let's talk to that. Because people listening, they can immediately relate to that. Because like how many people right now, I think they say like 70% of the population, they're working in the field that doesn't fulfill them. Yeah. You know, yes. so, so, so hearing you say that, someone can be like, you know what? I felt just like that. Mm-hmm. Or like when I asked you about how was that conversation with, with your yeah, wife? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that matters. Yeah. You know, that matters. Uh, you know, when you're married and you, you have a family, you can't just say, hey, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Not sure how we're going to make money just yet, but I'm all in. Like, <laughs> you know, that's a big conversation to have. Absolutely. So thank absolutely. you for sharing that. 
Thank you. All right. All right. So, so, so give us, give us some of your best practices. Sure. Um, so, um, for people, one of the things I always tell people is when you are looking to build anything, start anything, um, start small, right? Dream big, but start small. Yes. I think sometimes we might invert that. We start big and dream small. <laughs> dream yep. big, start small. What's the, so I have, as I mentioned, I have two daughters who are into business. And as they were getting started, I told my daughter who was st- going to sell t-shirts, you might have 20 designs when you're done and different types, but we're going to sell one shirt, one color. Love it. And here's what's crazy. For anything you're going to do, if you're getting into business, I encourage people to sell before you build it. Sell yes. before you spend your money, right? Because the only way you know if people will buy is if you put a price tag and you put it in front of them. Mm-hmm. Not if they say that's a good idea. Not if they say, if you did it, I'll buy. The only way you know if they'll buy is if you say, I'm, I have, um, I'm selling food, right? Like I'm doing a, a food, a pop-up restaurant next week, Sunday. You can get pre-orders on these tickets. They're going to be 25, but you can get them for 15 now. If you get people to buy, you know you have proved that this is viable. If you can't get people to buy, like why go spend all your money doing something if people aren't going to buy? Now, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be in business. It It means you may have to tweak your audience, what you're offering, what you're saying about it. But one of my best practices, start small and sell before you even spend your time making something or putting out money for it. Yes, love it. So speaking of speaking of audience, so do you help people define their audience? Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh just and I'm, I know we getting close here, but there's a there's something I do every month called Create Your Offer Challenge. And as a part of that, I take people through 3 days of helping you to define your audience, helping you to figure out discover what you have, helping you to figure out how to put it into the right packaging and then to get it out there. So yeah, I help people figure out the audience. And there's some there's some things that we talk about to help you figure out your audience, right? Look at the audience you've already tapped into. Look at your own story because you will you will connect with people who have similarities with you a lot of times. And then look at who is willing and able to pay you for what you have. There's some people who want what you have, but they can't pay. And it's some people who can pay, but don't want what you have. Yeah. Part of figuring out your audience is who's willing and able to pay for what you have. I love it. And so what do you say to people that say, my product is for everyone? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the surest ways to frustrate yourself because your product uh, can't be for everyone. Because there's some questions that you need to answer, right? Um how do I, what colors should I put on this? Um, what, how, okay, if it's food, like what, how, how should I package it? What, how do I, how much, how much, what, how sweet should I make? Whatever. The answer to that question lies in defining who it's for. Like once you figure out who it's for, all the other questions that you're trying to now answer on your own, you turn that over to your perfect client, your, your, your audience and say, I'm not answering this question for me. I'm answering this question for her, for this mom that I've defined, for this man that I've defined. And once I've got that nailed down, it answers a hundred of the questions. Now, if it's for everyone, you'll find yourself frustrated because this this person wants this, but this person wants that. And this one wants this and this one wants that. And then mm-hmm. you just stretch too thin. Exactly. And people have to realize there's a whole lot of people in this world. 
Yeah. Like a whole lot. You don't need everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. if you can create a product that can reach seven billion people, God bless you. But yeah. it's like you really don't need and, and you know, depending on your price point, really like a hundred clients can change someone's life. Yeah. Maybe even fifty. Maybe yeah. even fifty. Like if you have say a thousand dollar product, something that people can pay monthly, even five hundred bucks, they can pay monthly, and you have fifty people paying you 500 bucks monthly that's sustainable oh absolutely like that's amazing and then you could even go the other way if you're on the high ticket end if you have a ten thousand dollar product and you get just one person paying you monthly it's still a six-figure business that's right that's right that's right that's right yeah yeah so it's like just think about impact like who can i impact you know it's like i don't have millions of followers on my social media but that's not my goal my goal mm. is the ones who, who tune in that they're getting valued. You know, yeah. it's like I say, we'll take, uh, he's just the first one that popped into my mind. We'll take Ben Shapiro. You know, he's got a huge following and mm-hmm. he'll do his live videos and he'll get, you know, 12 to 15,000 people tuning in, which that's a lot of people, but he's got like a million followers. You know what I mean? So, so it's like, so not everyone is getting impact. So it's like, I, I know the people that come to me, they're being impacted by every single episode of this. And when I, when I, cause like really I end up plucking people from, from the podcast, you know, to do other outside collaborations as well. But it's like people find value in this because everyone has a story. Yeah. Like everyone so does. You know, Absolutely. so like I was debating with some going off topic a little, but I was debating with someone because I do a separate show where I tackle controversial topics. So we were debating police brutality. And mm-hmm. this guy was going back and forth with me because I guess he grew up in Philly and he had a bunch of negative run-ins with cops. I told you, I grew up in a rural area. It's like, we used mm-hmm. to we used to hang with the cops. Right. <laughs> you know, you know, and, so, and so it was like, he was trying to, to dismiss my lived experience. I, I was like, you want me to understand yours, which I do but you're dismissing mine <laughs> because mm. it differs from yours. Like it doesn't right. work that way. It's like yeah. everyone has their own unique story, their own unique perspective. I was like, just because yours went in a different direction doesn't mean mine never existed, you know, and, and vice versa. It's like recognize you went through some stuff. I said, but you have to recognize that I didn't. I was like, right. I got, I got pulled over drunk and the cop followed me home. Mm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? He could have he could have arrested me. He could have had my car impounded. Like he could have made my life miserable. But I was mm. like, I don't live too far from here. <laughs> and so he he's like, I'll tell you, I'll follow you home. If there's no problems, we're 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 all good. Wow. You know, wow. and, and yeah. that, that that's how that wins. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, we all have stories. So it's like, you know, you can't discount one over the other. But yeah. that's why I like what I do, because I get to hear so many different sides of everything. And I think what you just said there, I think so many times the stories that we discount the most are our own stories. Yeah, I'm going to discount my story because, as you said it, right, I don't have a a very fabulous story, right? I don't have, I don't have, like, it's so crazy. I've never been homeless, right? Like, that's that's my story. So I can't really, like, my story is not not flashy. So... By the way, not everyone has been homeless. So there's some people who can relate to me. So I don't need to discount my story. And then sometimes people go, well, I am sh- I've struggled too much. So I can't tell my story. And what we don't realize is because you struggled, 
you need to tell that story. Yes. To <laughs> Who need your story so where no matter where you are don't discount the story you really don't need to discount is your own story exactly see and, and even for the ones who haven't struggled it's okay because you can still use that to connect mm -hmm. to the person who is struggling because mm -hmm. like i said i grew up in a rural area i went to a good school it, you know it's like my i had both of my parents they were very strict with us very supportive with us you know like the whole shut up and grind mentality started with my dad you know, so it's like we had a lot of structure, even though I'm one of seven kids. We, we had a lot of structure. And, and I know not everyone has that. Mm -hmm. And so for the people who don't, I go and say, hey, listen, this is what you're dealing with now. But that's going to be one badass story when you make it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, think, think about that. So like, I didn't have to take your journey. So your story is actually more powerful than mine. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like that should make you want to go that next step, make yourself a success, flip, flip the generational curse on your family like you can do that. And then you get to tell that story like that's incredible. Yeah, that's so good. That's so you know? good. Robert. I love it. I love it. <laughs> that's how we reframe. All right. Yeah. So let's talk about the podcast and then we'll bring it down. Yeah. So I have a podcast and I've actually been on pause for a little bit okay. just because I wanted to get my offer in line because I wanted to use, as I'm telling my podcast and reframing it, I want to make sure I'm connecting with the people who need my offer at the end. And so I've been, I've done at least over 70 episodes, talked nice. to some amazing people. So they're all still there. And the goal of those episodes and the goals that I still want to use is to inspire you that just like this podcast, there are people who have similar uh, experiences with yours, similar struggles, and they've built businesses. And I wanted to inspire people that they can use that to build your own business. Love it. Hey, if you need guests, I'm available. All right, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And so I do, I do panels also. I just did one, my sixth one this past Saturday. Nice. Like we, I bring back five, five of my former guests. We pick a topic and we all go round table you know, talking about the different topics. So uh, if that interests you, I'll get I'll get you on either my March or April one if the schedules align. Let me know. I'm open. I'm open. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Because because any anyone that that's just committed to just helping other people get better, like we're gonna be we're gonna be allies. So like I try try to do a lot lot of workshops, said you know panels, focus groups, and just just getting the word word out. Because especially us being men men of color. Like, like, there needs to be more of us out there being, listen, shut the TV off. Stop listening to the politicians. This is what you can do to make yourself successful. That's good. You know, it's, it's like we yeah. just got to get those those voices out there and just stop li listening to all the nonsense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, man. I'll so give, give us some. All right. Yeah. So give us some final words. Uh, let, let people know where they can get in touch with you. Awesome. Awesome. So listen, first of all, um, thank you for having me on here. For anyone who's listening to this, I just want you to know, um, and I'll kind of borrow off of this. This is from the movie, um, The Incredibles. Um, the mom in The Incredibles story is in a cave. This is a family who looks like just a regular old suburban family, but they have superpowers that they've kept hidden. Mm -hmm. And the father has been captured, Mr. Incredible. The mom who is Elastigirl uh, oh, yeah, is yeah. in the cave and she has her daughter, Violet and her son flash in there, dash, sorry. And the, the daughter is afraid. 
And the mom says these words to her. You know, fear is not something we have a luxury to be able to embrace right now. But she says to her daughter, her son, you have more power than you realize. That's what I want people to realize. You, with your experiences, with your expertise, with your knowledge, with your lived story, with um, the things that you've picked up along the way that people are asking you for help with, you have more power in that than you realize to grow your business, to build your business, to start something of your own. You have more power than you realize. And I'd love to partner with you if uh, you want to take what you have and package it into an offer. If you want to take even the knowledge that you've been using in your business and free up your time, I want to ask you to even connect with me. You can go to this website, createyouroffertchallenge.com, createyouroffertchallenge.com. I do a three-day challenge to help you take your knowledge, your expertise, put it into an offer, createyouroffertchallenge.com. And I'd love to work with you to help you discover that you have more power than you realize. Okay, that, that was perfect. I don't need to add anything else to that. <laughs> that was great. So thank you for taking the time. Like I said, we're definitely going to be in touch. I'm going to connect you with some, some of my other podcast friends too, you know, to get in, uh, put you in the club. <laughs> and so like, yeah, it's like I'm, I'm collaborating with a few, with a few of them too. And, um, you know, just the, the more, the more you, you connect with everyone, get you on the panels, like you never know where this is, this is going to go. Let's go. All right. Yeah, because everyone that's been on this show has been an absolute rock star. Like awesome. everyone. And, you know, because we, we get deep, you know, we get deep beyond, you know, the typical talking points. So it's like, you know, I learned things about you that had I gone by the regular talking points, we wouldn't have uncovered. That's you true. know, so yeah. it's like, like, I love it. So thank you for being vulnerable, you know, share, sharing those those messy moments of your life. And uh, yeah, I'll, de- I'll definitely have you on again. So we'll be in touch. Thanks, Robert. All right, man. Take care. All right. All right. Yeah. So that was Kimon. That was another awesome, awesome discussion. So for those of you who who are tuning in late, make sure you go back and watch the whole thing because you know it's all about the journey from. And I I like the name of of his business is Idea to Life. So you have something in that brain of yours that you want to be doing that makes you happy and makes you feel fulfilled. It sets your soul on fire. He can help you get that done. Go to createyouroffertchallenge.com and just get the process started, right? It's a free course, so you have nothing to lose, but you can possibly have absolutely everything to gain. So I'm going to leave you with those words, and I will be back tomorrow. Take care. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com. Next time, shut up and grind.